This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is Jose Avila. He is a 17-year-old that doesn't want to go to college and he wants to start his own business. For your chance to win 100 bucks, just like Jose, every Monday morning, simply subscribe to this podcast on iTunes right now and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. Top Tribe, you know I don't have a lot of time to waste. That's why I use FreshBooks to send out invoices and make sure I'm collecting my money. To get your free month, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Nathan Latke here in this episode 605 and coming up tomorrow morning, we hear from 41-year-old CEO of Hornet, Christoph Wittig. They've raised $8 million to become the gay content hub. They've passed 17 million users and 3 million monthly active users doing well over $700,000 in monthly recurring revenue. So how do you get an app that big and how do you monetize it? Tune in to find out. Good morning, everybody. Nathan Latke here. Our guest this morning is Chris Golak. He is the CEO and founder of Demandbase. Now, Chris is an entrepreneur who, prior to starting Demandbase, founded one of the first successful business-to-business software and data solutions in the late 90s called Supplybase. You may have heard of it. With previous positions at GE, GM, and DuPont, Chris has used his wealth of experience to position Demandbase as one of the most rapidly expanding B2B marketing companies in the space. Chris, are you ready to take us to the top? I am ready. Good. So if you had to sum up kind of demand base in in two sentences, tell us what it does and and your business model. How do you make money? Sure. So uh, demand base is a marketing technology company, and we're dedicated to the business to business marketer, helping them uh, online bring the right companies they want to sell to to their website through an advertising platform. We help them better personalize the experience on their website with our technology and then turn that activity into sales uh, for the sales team. So it's dedicated, again, uh, to B2B, where most marketing technology companies have been focused more on consumer-type uh, uh, marketing uh, processes. And we make money by uh, selling subscriptions to our customers, who are predominantly you know, mid-market, large enterprises, ranging uh, across a variety of verticals from high-tech companies, telecom, manufacturing, manufacturers, health care, large banks. And you really got the inside scoop on this, right? When you're at GE and GM and you kind of see the needs they have from an internal perspective, right? Before I go out and build demand base. Yeah, absolutely. Every, every role I've been in has been around kind of businesses collaborating with other businesses and having been a sales manager and a salesperson just saw, you know, the underinvestment that's been done on the marketing side relative to what sales teams need. And then to avoid, I want to learn more about the kind of the full story, but to avoid getting too deep into cohort by cohort analysis, which I'm sure you do a ton of, if you just had to average kind of customer size in terms of what they pay you per month, what, what is the average? Yes, yeah, so our average customer is spending about $220,000 per year or about $20,000 per month. Yep. Uh, now, that said, some customers will start, you know, two to $3,000 per month, but two years later, they may be spending a lot more because they have success 
and they want to expand to our, some of our other solutions. And Chris, just qu- quickly, you raised capital, correct? How much have you raised to date? We've raised $90 million to date. Now, guys, I'm cheaply making Chris, obviously, knew that number, having him say that, because I want you to, to really dive into this episode. You know, you guys know I do a lot of B2B SaaS stuff. I've had over, I think, 250 CEOs that have directly told me they're in the B2B SaaS space. And we're always talking about ARPU, CAC, LTV, et cetera. So things we want to focus on with Chris that you'll hear over the next 10 minutes, you know, first, more about what demand base does, kind of their product positioning, where he thinks the market's going. But we'll also learn from him in terms of things he's doing to drive expansion ARPU, what levers is he pulling from a seat basis or a product basis, how the team is structured in terms of inside sales versus outbound sales, et cetera. And then again, where he sees demand base going over time. So Chris, take us back to the start. What year did you launch the company in? Uh, 2007. So we're just coming up on our uh, 10th anniversary. 2007. And maybe I'm, I'm giving you too much credit here, but maybe not. I mean, did you invent B2B SaaS? No, I wouldn't say invented it. Uh, you know, B2B has been around for a long time. I would even say, you know, within B2B, the account-based marketing category has been done for years and years. Uh, the technology just wasn't there to do it at scale. And so we started really pushing the account-based marketing category probably four or five years ago before anybody had really heard about it. Um, and Chris, but, tell folks what that means. What does account-based marketing mean? It really means about really laser targeting the accounts with marketing programs and spend uh, around the accounts that your sales team should and, and are selling to um, versus, you know, mass blast campaigns. It's really about targeting everything you're doing from advertising to site personalization to the companies that um, your sales team is focused on. Now, was Supplybase a, a SaaS company? Obviously, it was B2B, but was it a SaaS business model? Um, back in the day, that was called it was called an ASP model, but essentially it was a subscription. What's ASP um, mean? What's that? Average, is that average selling point? What's ASP mean? Oh gosh, uh, what did that stand <laughs> for? It was, it was yeah, good question. You have to take me back twenty years, <laughs> but it was more on the supply chain space, and we sold into manufacturing companies. Okay, and what did you take us back to? I want to get in your head in terms of the decision you made to go from whatever you're doing right before demand base to jumping in as an entrepreneur again because you've already had a lot of success. What were you doing right before demand base? You know, I was a uh, good question. I was actually consulting with you know a lot of startup companies, helping them essentially reverse engineer their revenue plan and and have it detail out what does the marketing team need to be producing in order to hit the revenue plan and. It was more of a consulting business, and one of the things that every company was struggling with is their revenue plan was at risk simply because the marketing team wasn't generating the right opportunities. And so I just saw this huge opportunity for uh, technology to kind of take over and really eliminate a lot of the revenue risk that existed in all these in these projections and operating models. Wait, Chris, tell me tell me real quick about that red flag. So when you look at it, you get a new consulting client. You see their revenue target. You see what they're doing on the marketing side. What ratio or what what do you what numbers are you looking at that help you determine whether there's a red flag or not? Whether their revenue plans in jeopardy? It's it's really the measurements behind the marketing team versus the sales team. The sales team is measured on revenue and opportunities at the companies they want to sell to. They're selling to accounts. A lot of companies still have their marketing team measured on leads and MQLs, and there's no measurement of quality it's marketing qualified lead guys yeah yeah you know the sales team doesn't care about mqls that's why they don't follow up on half of them because 
the leads are from the wrong companies, meaning companies are too small, they're in the wrong industries. So there's this huge misalignment between sales and marketing. And that all gets fixed with account-based marketing. Got it. Good. Okay. Which is this? I mean, so you look, I think this is an interesting trend. And Chris, you've, I think, worked with a lot of entrepreneurs, but there are so many that start off as small agencies that have a lot of consulting clients that they see, then they go, oh my gosh, I'm doing the same thing for all these different, you know, consulting clients. Maybe I should build a software to help me solve this at scale. That was that the pattern you generally followed? Yeah. I, I did, but I had the previous experience of building a software company. And I, I do think a lot of consulting firms that try and go into software really struggle because it's a totally different effort in, in terms of building a company and getting it financed and hiring their team. There's just a lot more risk involved in building a software company that you hope is going to generate revenue versus selling hours in a consulting type of yeah. model. So you launched in 2007. Uh, make us laugh real quick, Chris. What was your first year revenue? Oh, it was actually, it was actually <laughs> pretty good. It was uh, probably a few hundred thousand dollars because we were, we were selling the first product we had rolled out is selling business contacts um, to people so that they could create much more targeted lists to the companies they wanted to sell to. Are these like um, the Mattermark CB insights, full contacts, clear bits of today? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So back in 2007 or, and before it used to be that you had to buy a list of 10,000 names at a time. Uh-huh. Um, and so what we said, is, well, let's break that model apart. Let's let people buy one at a time and they could build their own kind of custom lists that much, were much more targeted. And uh, and that worked very well, except the problem was people would buy one at a time. Yeah. <laughs> right? they would, so it didn't scale as well. And then, you know, it was just the business contact space has become commoditized and that wasn't the vision for the company um it was a starting point so take a let's continue forward here when did you rate what year so 2007 you launched at the round call it 300,000 or a couple hundred thousand in year one revenue when did you decide to raise your first round of capital and how much was it for uh it was two and a half million dollars and it was in 2007 and it was an investment by uh altos ventures and adobe systems actually um both participated. And was that where there, I mean, did convertible notes exist back then or was that an equity round? There was an equity round. I had done a, a little angel round that was actually a convertible note six months prior. And so is there a different lever or, or mechanism you're ticking in your head where you say, okay, I'm going in, you know, I'm, I'm either going to bootstrap this thing or, you know, I'm going to go the funding route and the funding route is very different. Talk us through that lever. Cause there's a lot of my listeners that are going through that same kind of lever moving process, deciding, okay, do I turn my brain into, Hey, let's fund this thing and go big. Or do I just keep, you know, producing 200 grand in cash per year for myself? Yeah. You know, it's, well, that's a strategic thing that every founder has got to really come to grips with is, is this going to be a, a lifestyle business that I want to build and grow and be with for a long time? Or do I want to generate a 10 X return and, um, re- and really scale this thing and go for it? Obviously a higher risk model. It's not easy raising money. I mean, people read about it in the media a lot that, you know, so-and-so, you know, one got $30 million for every one of those, there's 200 companies that don't get funded. Yeah. That, that go out and do it. Um, so you, you got to have number one, the experience. You got to have probably five hundred thousand to a million in revenue already. An ARR. big market. Yeah. Yep. So it, it's you know it's the, the hurdle gets higher and higher. Yep. And then so let's fast forward. So two thousand seven is obviously start. Let's fast forward to today. So how many customers have you scaled to? How many are you working with today? Q one twenty seventeen. 
we have about 400 customers. Um, you know, we're, we're selling to larger entities, uh, of course. So it, this is not a SMB, you know, tens of thousands of customer type of model. Yeah, no, it's $20,000 ARPU. I mean, yeah, that's big. Yeah. And so can I do, I mean, can I generally do the math? 400 customers times 20,000 bucks a month on average, you're doing somewhere around 8 million per, per month. Um, yeah, it's not, not too far off of that. We're, we're, you know, we'll be above probably a hundred million this year. Oh, great. As we exit. Big, big, big number. And, and teach us about your team makeup. So what's the total team size and then what percentage are inside sales folks? Oh gosh. So, uh, company is just under 250 people. Um, you know, we really, a lot, even our mid market team, although they're inside, they, um, they go out and visit customers. You know, companies just generally don't buy from other companies for a hundred thousand dollars without seeing somebody in person at one, one time or the other. Yep. Um, are these all annual contracts so, you're signing? There's no monthly option. No, it, it's all annual contracts. Yeah. Yeah. And is that, um, go ahead. No. So, I mean, we, we have a team of probably, you know, 50 quota carrying reps total between inside, outside, you know, across the country. Chris, cut out there, the sorry. Of the 250, how many are reps? Uh, there's probably 50 quota carrying reps. Okay. Got it. Total. Okay, good. And then take us to some of the other economics you're looking at. So, so you know, one of the reasons, obviously, people do annual that really helps manage churn. What's your what's kind of like your your gross annual churn? And the second question to that is, is I imagine you've probably hit net negative revenue churn from expansion kind of activities, right? Yeah. So we, you know, we don't you know share publicly a ton of the a ton of the data, but I'll give you the high level. We're at about 110 percent net dollar retention. Got it. Um, and so the way I explain that for me. Uh, some of the listeners, you know, even if we don't add a customer this year, we'll still grow 10% next year. That is kind of the way to, the best way I share with employees. Do you segment your, your sales team? Do you have a team specifically dedicated to expansion activities on the current base versus getting new folks or no? Uh, no, it's kind of a, sh depending on the size of the client, it's, it's shared between customer success and, and the field team. And, you know, now we have some customers that are spending, spending, $2 million per year and they'll have a dedicated strategic team focused on them. At what point do you put a dedicated strategic team on someone more, more than a million annually? Yeah. And, and, and what the potential is at that account. Interesting. Okay. So you're cut just to make sure the customer success folks are, are, are the folks really responsible for expansion revenue, not the initial sales rep that closed the deal. That's correct. Unless it's, a strategic account. Interesting. Okay, very cool. And then uh, last few questions here before we wrap up. Uh, what's it cost you to, what do you spend to acquire a new customer? Oh gosh, um, I don't have the uh, the dollar <laughs> amount, but our, our payback is less than, uh, you know, we're definitely less than 12 months from now. Got it. So your you're kind of average annual contract value, which is, I think you said was 240K, uh, more than covers your, your cost to acquire. Well, no, um, that's wrong because that's our average customer that's been with us for, you know, a couple of years. You think okay. of, you know, the initial deal size is much, much smaller than that. Okay. Like, like how much smaller? Like, are you talking 20 grand a year, 50 grand? Yeah, between 50 and 100. Okay, got it. Depending on the companies. Very cool. Good. And then where are you guys based? Uh, we're headquartered in San Francisco with offices in New York, Seattle, and the UK. 
Okay, Top Tribe, as many of you know, I sold Heyo, and everyone is always asking me what my expenses were when I was building Heyo. Well, a big expense was that I spent over three grand per month on financial services to keep me out of trouble in terms of taxes. You know, my mom would always harbor me, Nathan, you gotta keep all your receipts and put them in a freaking box or something to make sure you don't get an audit or things like this. I'm like, mom, I'm a millennial. You think I'm gonna keep all these receipts? I now use FreshBooks. I use their mobile app to take a picture of receipts and it makes taxes a cinch. Additionally, I don't have to hire a $3,000 per month person to manage all my finances. It's like saving so much money and my mom's happy. Additionally, I don't waste a bunch of time creating invoices. I use their templates and I can avoid using Word templates or Excel files. I just use FreshBooks to quickly send out invoices and it works like a charm. To get your free first month, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Again, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Very cool. All right, there you guys have it from Chris. Chris, let's wrap up here quickly with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Oh, gosh. Uh, (laughs) Don't make one up if you don't have one. I get it. You're busy. If you don't read, I understand. Yeah, no, I don't have one off the top of my head. Sorry. It's funny. I ask that sometimes and you hear people like shuffling their books around trying to find one that would sound good, but don't make it up good. So no reading. Uh, Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? No, not off the top of my head. No, that I, you know, I've always, you know, I, I used to actually work for Jeff and Melt at GE. I always really liked him as a person and thought he's been a great leader. Um, but I, I'm not currently following him. Anyone else you really, besides yourself, obviously, you have one of the, I would say, larger B2B SaaS companies. Uh, that's private. You're private, right? We are. Yeah. Who else do you respect that's kind of B2B SaaS and still private? You know, I've always really admired the the DocuSign business. They're you know, they're going through a CEO change right now, but I, I, it's been an incredible business. You know, they they went through some some flat growth years and they've just continued to skyrocket now in their their later stage and they're well positioned for an IPO here in the coming year coming year or years. Yep, very good. Number uh, number f- uh, three is there besides your own is there a favorite online tool you have like Acuity Scheduling? Favorite online tool. Um, Other than obviously Amazon for shopping, you know, it's uh, nothing comes to mind. That's okay. All right. And Skype. Skype. Good. (laughs) (laughs) And last few questions here. Uh, Yes or no? Do you get eight hours of sleep every night? No. And what's your situation? Married, single, you have kids? Uh, Divorced. Divorced. I do have kids. How many kiddos? Two. All right. See, guys, it's possible. You can have kids and still launch a company and have success. Chris, how old are you? Uh, 51. All right. Last question. Take us back 31 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? My 20 year old self knew. Yep. Um, uh, go for it sooner. (laughs) (laughs) Top drive. There you have it from Chris Golek, a CEO and founder of demand base. Go for it sooner. They're on a tear. They raised 90 million bucks, started in 2007, raised a total again of of 90 million bucks, 2.5. That first year did about 300 grand or a couple hundred grand. That first year, year one revenue, uh, based between San Francisco, other local, other locations with their team of 250 folks really inventing and hyper-focusing on account-based marketing with their tool. Average revenue per customer per month, somewhere around 20K. They'll do over 100 million this year. That's the target, at least 110% net dollar retention annually. Chris, thank you for coaching us up and taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan. 
If you enjoyed today's episode with Chris, go back and listen to yesterday's episode with Andy Lerling of Lumo Accelerator, which invested 150 grand in a company called Vree, which gives you a full body virtual reality experience. It's truly the future. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars, and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday. 